Hey there, it's Pat Miller, the Idea Coach, host of the Pat Miller Show. This show is for small business owners so they can make their business dreams come true. Our slogan is Don't Grow It Alone. And what you're going to hear is a broadcast of our show that's carried in 25 cities around the country. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Hope you love it. All right, let's go. Broadcasting from the small business capital of America, this is WIIFM Milwaukee, an idea coach station. You're on the small business journey, and sometimes you need a dose of creativity and a helping hand, and that's why we're here. Welcome to the Pat Miller Show, where we build big ideas live without a net, so you can turn your small business dreams into reality. You share what you're building, and we will rally to help make it bigger, better, faster, more. And it's not just what will be, we also wanna hear your wins. So we're all reminded that small business success is here for every single entrepreneur that gets clear, works hard, and doesn't quit. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. If you want to be a part of the show, you can reserve your time for an upcoming episode. See, that's what's fun. We record on the same day at the same time, so you can pick out a day that works for you. Go to patmillershow.com and bring us your challenge or opportunity or your small business success. Whichever it is, we want to hear from you. Book your time now. We have entrepreneurs standing by that we want to help. But first, I, I got to share something that I'm playing with. And this is going to be like our own little experiment, okay? Because I don't know if this is going to work, but I'm trying something new and it's captured my imagination. So I've got a social media manager, Abby Harrison from Assist for the Win. She's brilliant and she's taking care of Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and all the stuff. But every single social media manager that I've ever talked to recommended I don't do Twitter. And I think it's because it's hard for them to write in my own stupid voice. And Twitter is a very personal medium. But I love Twitter. I love Twitter. I love, love, love Twitter. So I've been doing research on how to grow your audience and your profile on Twitter. And there are very specific tools out there to help you grow on Twitter. And it really means creating a ton of content. So I used to tweet once every couple of days. But what the growth hackers on Twitter recommend is you're tweeting three, four, five times a day. You're engaging with a zillion people. You're out there in people's DMs, uh, messaging them and trying to support them. And it's just a different way of looking at the platform. So over the long holiday weekend, I thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. I tell people all the time to get clear on what you want and then run for office. Well, darn it, that's what I'm going to do. So I started doing some research, and one of the tools I used is called Spark Toro. Spark Toro is a tool that will help you look up your audience and then learn who they're talking to, what they're listening to, and what hashtags they're using. And as I did that, I realized... Oh, small business owners are talking about entrepreneurialism, and they're talking about uh, these types of accounts and these types of topics. So then I went into another piece of software called Hype Fury that is a Twitter automation tool, and I started writing content. And boy, I fell down the rabbit hole. 
I made content. I got content scheduled out like three weeks. It just kind of flowed out of me once I knew what topics to talk about and how to go after it. So I started that on Saturday of Labor Day weekend, right? Just hit play. Okay, well, by Tuesday morning, I had connected with people in the UK and in the Philippines and in Canada and all over the U.S., And it was just fascinating how many people are out there that want to have conversations about small business and entrepreneurialism, but they're really talking a lot about technology and bootstrapped startups. There aren't a lot of small business owners like brick and mortar, people like me and you, building it on Twitter. I'm going to find them and I'm going to run for office and see where it goes. So I'm sharing this with you because it's the one growth tool I had not tried yet. And I want to see what happens. So I'm working on the Pat Miller Show and Pat the Idea Coach Twitter handles. I'm out there meeting as many people as possible. And hopefully we will continue to grow the conversation around building a small business. Because the more people we get involved, the less lonely all of this stuff will feel. Right? And that's the mission. Fixing the small business support system, making it feel easier and more inclusive and supportive to build your dream. That's why I'm here. That's what the Idea Collective is all about. That's what this show is about. So I'm sharing it with you to give you a status update, and uh, we'll check back in a couple of weeks, and I'll let you know how it's going. With that, let's get to our callers. Up first today, calling us from Niagara Falls, Canada. How cool is that? Lynn, welcome to the show. Tell us who you are, what you do, and then we'll talk about how we can help you today. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm a psychic medium and an intuition expert. So that means I can get some insight as to your potential about your future. I can talk to your family and friends on the other side, but I can also teach you how to do it yourself because everybody is able to do it. That is incredible. I have a thousand questions. We'll save that for the end of the episode. You (laughs) called in for a reason. What's on your mind? How can we help you today? Well, it's just little old me in Niagara Falls, Canada. And I'm very popular here. I can sell out messaging shows of two, three, 500 people overnight. I am booked for private readings a year and a half in advance. But I would like to learn or know how to develop more of a passive income where I don't actually have to be there to to make the money. And actually, it's twofold. The passive income is one. And I would like to be able to expand past or beyond, sorry, the Niagara region. Mm -hmm. So those are the two things. I'm interested in next steps, like where to go from here, because my brain is is great when it comes to intuitive stuff. But when it comes to business stuff, Mm -hmm. it's not that great. All right. So let's start with the first thing that I just have to say, or I would like regret not saying it to you. If you're booked a year out, you need to raise your prices. You need to double your prices. I, I, I know, I know people keep saying that, but then it becomes unaffordable for a lot of people. Well, you don't know that. And one of the habits that many of us fall into is we price ourselves out of our own pocketbook and we think, boy, that's starting to get expensive. Well, if you could teach me a way to talk to my mother who passed on, it's priceless. And you're not in the business of helping a ton of people. You're in the business to help 
yourself and your family make a whole bunch of money. So I just had to say that out loud. If you have that kind of demand, you need to jack up your prices yesterday because when you jack up your prices and you raise your income, now you've got more resources to expand beyond Niagara Falls. So you're actually harming your ability to grow by allowing your calendar to get pushed out so far without a rate increase. So that's the first thing I have to say. All right, so let's talk about your question. So how do you generate passive income? Two things come to mind. If you have something that's teachable and you can drive an audience and you want to get outside Niagara Falls, uh, are you doing one-to-many online courses? You said you can get two to 500 people in a room in Canada, but can you do online courses and teach the same thing? Is that possible with your practice? I could. And I did attempt that several times during the pandemic Mm -hmm. when everybody was literally stuck in their homes but they don't attract the same size of crowd. Okay. So that people love the in-person, the personal contact. So whereas I would be able to sell out a messaging show, no problem. It was like pulling teeth to get, say, maybe 20 people to an online show. Okay. So that may speak to the big picture opportunity that you have. Because if you've got a proven product locally... And you Mm -hmm. can get people together in person. What does your digital presence look like? How are you doing sharing what you know and building an audience online? How is that going? So that's basically just Instagram, Facebook, and I'm I'm slowly warming up to TikTok. It's uh, taking a while, but I the video is. not that I'm not comfortable doing it. It's I almost feel like, okay, I got to get my hair done. I got to get my makeup done. I got blah, blah, blah. When you actually do mm-hmm. not, because people do, do like to see the, the normal person. So basically it's, um, yeah, putting out posts and reels, teaching people how to trust their gut, trust that, you know, that first sense of yes or no. And then if I do a live event, so a free event, free being capital letters, keyword here, mm-hmm. then my live events where I will do messages quickly will attract at least 150 people. Okay. So you have the ability to bring people together online. That's right. good. So then the follow-up I would have then, if you can get the attention of 150 people, uh, how far out are you promoting a one-to-many event? So if we were going to do a one-to-many event where you teach people something, uh, how far away are you setting those dates? Because if you can get that kind of attention, maybe you're setting your dates too near to execution so you don't have a chance to build the audience. So you say, uh, today we're recording on September 6th. So you're going to say, we're going to do a three-day event around Halloween. Right. Mm -hmm. Or we're going to do a three day event on November 5th or whatever the date might be. But you give yourself a nice long runway to generate interest. Do you see what I mean? Do you think you could build a bigger audience if you gave yourself some more leeway? Probably, because now that you say that, thinking back when I when I have done more live events, they're either I'm going to do it tomorrow night or um, next week. I don't Mm -hmm. give myself that proverbial runway to do that. So with some build up and some extra push and promo, I could probably do that. I think that's really important, especially if you're developing people that are curious about what you do, but they're not necessarily a super fan yet. So Mm -hmm. if you give them a nice runway to start considering it, you can hit them three, four, five, six times on your social before they go, okay, I'll go. And that might help (laughs) you build the audience. But back to your question about passive income, 
I one to many is not technically passive income, but it's pretty darn close because you're scaling your time. You're performing it once and there's a hundred people in the group. So that's yeah. fantastic. Mm-hmm. But I would go back to passive income can be easily generated if you can create a course or a methodology where you can systematize what you teach people into an asynchronous course when you don't have to be present to teach it. So have you done that yet? No, no, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of online courses because my demographic is most 99.9% women between Mm -hmm. 35 and 60 and they're working jobs, raising children, taking care of parents that may be elderly. So nobody, and I, I've asked this before, and they do, do not have the time to sit and do that. So there's got to be something where I can get it out to them where they can, they can work at it passively, weave it into their day when it's, you know, and I know an online course is like that, but honestly, they don't want, they can't sit still for that. They've got to run and do this. They don't have time to focus. I wonder if you then put it inside their free time. And I'll give you an example. So my job is to help out solopreneurs and small business owners. We're really busy. We've always got something to do. So if I were to put together an eight-week video-intensive, you know, college-looking course, they would reject that as well. So what we did is we created something called pod classes, where they were podcasts that you could consume at your leisure but they all built together and stacked up into a course. So if you said to someone, if you want to learn in your spare time, this course is built around your lifestyle. And that way you're giving them the ability to think differently about learning something, because I guarantee you that that audience is listening to audiobooks, They're reading books when they can. They're watching Netflix when they can. So they're cramming in asynchronous entertainment around their responsibilities So how do you systematize what you know and put it into a distribution format that feels similar to them? And maybe to get to the verb here, maybe you don't even call it a course. No, I would avoid that. 100% avoid that. When you say pod class, Mm -hmm. uh, do you mean it's audio only? Mm -hmm. Audio. That's what we're doing. We're doing audio only pod classes. And the concept is here's the website where you uh, convert and get the course and here's the audio file and here's the accompanying PDF. So that way they can do the homework when they want, but they can listen to you because the big picture thing that I hear for you is you're doing something that to me, who has no idea how you do it is magic. It's I'm super curious about how you do what you do. And with just a little bit of showbiz and with just a little bit of mystery, you could craft a really cool audioscape where someone could really sit there and start feeling what you're teaching if it was audio only. Whereas if you were going to make it visual, the production value and costs would be so high, it would be tough to have that suspension of disbelief that I would imagine they need to tap into the things that you teach anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, that's interesting. I do. I don't want to say I have a background in podcasting because I don't, mm-hmm. but I did, I did start one at the beginning of the pandemic. I think like a thousand other people mm-hmm. in my area did. Sure. 
And so I do have the tech stuff. So that's, and I do have the platform and all of those things. So that is, I wouldn't be starting from zero. So that looks promising. Well, and the nice thing about a pod class is it doesn't have to be maintained. When you start a podcast, it's only as good as your next episode. A pod class, you record it once, you post it to the web, and then your job is to promote it till the end of time. Because the beauty of creating digital courses is you do it once and get paid forever. Right, right, yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. One of the guys that I really respect, his name is Jack Butcher. He teaches build once, sell twice. I think I've heard the name. He's yeah. amazing. Plug, he's coming to the Idea Collective Retreat in November, and we're going to do an interview oh. with him. Anyway, uh, that's what I recommend, is this could be a really great way, because I could hear you in your pod class, really going slow and really mm-hmm. doing storytelling and really getting them into the mood and the mode that they need to be in to absorb what you're teaching. Okay. Okay. So gotcha. then, okay, let's say you cut a pod class and you put it out on the web for $99, whatever it is, whatever your okay. course would be. Right. Then you start creating the content that supports that conversion. So let's say you've got the class out there and you mentioned some of the things that are um, inside the pod class. Let's just say the pod class is um, get in touch with your ability to talk to your past family members. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's say that's what the course is about. So then all of your supplemental information promoting that very specific course would be uh, out there around the holidays, would be out there around their birthday, would be out there at the back to school time, out there at the emotional times where people would love to talk to their loved ones. And you're, you're using timing as your friend and you're starting to teach little snippets of the overall course. You're giving them little appetizers of You see what I mean here? This sounds really good. If you want the whole thing, click here and take the course. So then your social media kind of feeds itself because the two things you would share would be, here's what's in the course and here's a taste test. And here's the social proof and validation of the people that took the course who rave about it. Right, right. So how long would each segment B about what is what is like what does the research say in regards to people's attention spans with things like these I will tell you two things I will tell you my experience I don't have the research and then I'll also talk about the beauty of a pod class the experience is whenever you feel like you need to take a break in person right that's about how long it should be so maybe 20 or 30 minute episodes Right. Okay. And, and it depends on how heavy it is. If you're teaching someone how to talk to their mother that's passed on, that's pretty emotional. And you might say wow. in the pod class, now's a good time that we take a break. And I mm-hmm. recommend that you go do these things. And then there's a new episode. Ah, okay. So follow okay. the course and follow when you would take a break in person, because then it will be very easy to consume. The second part of that is because it's a pod class and it's asynchronous. Whenever they need a break, they can take a break. Pause. Right. So it's not necessarily as much uh, responsibility as if you had them in person. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Interesting. So I think it's a way that you could distribute what you know 
I would go in next and I would write out all the stuff that I would need to teach someone and then think of it like Star Wars or Raiders of the Lost Ark. Maybe you start with the first course is an introduction. The second course is the very first thing you have to know. The next one is how you add on to this and add on to that. And Mm -hmm. that way you could get out there three or four pod classes, maybe two or three episodes each. Then you're in the business of jacking up your prices and killing it locally and Mm -hmm. offering an asynchronous option online. And now you've got the ability to scale and make some money while you sleep. And that's the ultimate dream. That really is. That really is. Okay. 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 I enjoy that. That's good. <laughs> my, well, my brain, I'm, I'm quiet because my brain is going a mile a minute thinking, okay, I know, I know what to do because back in the day when I first started, the internet wasn't really a thing. So, and I have, a, I left teaching after 15 years in 2005 to do this. And the only thing I knew how to get it out there was to teach. So I approached the local school board and asked to do a night course, a six week course and I did that three sessions a year for six years. So I've got the information in a suitcase, in a binder, hard copy somewhere. So I'll dig it up. Oftentimes we overlook how easy it can be. You've got the notes, you've got the gear, you've got the mm-hmm. online presence, and now you've got a way to monetize it. Lynn Nichols from Niagara Falls, Canada. Great to see you. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks to Lynn for calling in on this episode of the Pat Miller Show. So we are off and running. We've got one more entrepreneur to talk to, and we get to do a small business celebration. It was just my favorite to stop and hear someone that set a big goal and accomplished it, and then we get to learn from them about how they did it. Next, we're going to talk with Laura, who took an entire month off in her business, and it worked. You want to hear how that worked? We'll talk about it next on The Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to the running a small business is lonely and hard. I mean, we know that, right? But did you know it doesn't have to be? Stop networking and start connecting with other entrepreneurs on the small business journey in the Idea Collective Small Business Incubator. In this exclusive worldwide community, we're sharing information, we're brainstorming together, and we're supporting each other through the highs and the lows of building your small business. Learn more about the group and get the feel of this show 24-7 in your small business. Visit ideacollectiveincubator.com. That's ideacollectiveincubator.com. Remember, it's your dream Don't grow it alone. Pat Miller Show, a show built just for you, the small business owner that's working hard to build your dream. Now, we want this show to be in every pair of earphones across the country and world, to be quite frank. And here's how you can help us make that happen. Rate and review the show on whatever device that you used to download it. It could be iTunes. It could be Spotify. It could be your toaster. It doesn't matter. Wherever you got the show, if you wouldn't mind giving us a review, that would be really, really Really helpful. Also, when you're ready, we want you to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode and hit up patmillershow.com and book your time to come on because we want to hear about your challenges. We want to hear about your opportunities and we always love hearing about your celebrations. And up next, 
We're doing a big old celebration, maybe even a happy dance. Let's bring on Laura Hulliman. Laura, everyone needs to know about you before we talk about the small business celebration. Tell everyone who you are, what you do, and then we'll have the celebration. Hi, everybody. I'm Laura Hulliman. I am the creator of the Endotype Formula, which is a personality profiling assessment. I personally use the assessment to help coaches and service-based businesses to bring their personal brand on track. Mm. I work with a lot of the DIYers, right, who aren't marketing experts, and they're like, how do I, a personal brand, I'm not a Kardashian, (laughs) but we'll we'll make you a Kardashian yet. It'll be fine. (laughs) All right. Uh, A lot of surgery involved there, but that's okay. (laughs) All right. We're talking about a celebration. I'm dying to hear all about it. What are you celebrating? I, to, uh, it is, it, you know, like it is getting towards the end of the year here. I took off the entire month of August. I live in the Wisconsin area. And so August, that last little bit of summer that we have here in Wisconsin is always a time that I try and get on vacation. And it's a time that my brain doesn't work so well. <laughs> so I just decided, you know what? I'm going to take it off and I'm going to have an amazing, adventurous August with my kids. Now, let's just put a pause on this conversation because every small business owner listening right now is saying, there is no way I could take a month off. You did it. So I'll ask on their behalf, how the hell did you take a month off running your own thing? Um, it's, it's all about being intentional, right? So knowing, knowing myself... Uh, and knowing how much I don't get done in August anyways, because it's like I said, it's just a really bad month for me. My brain feels like it's underwater the whole time. I couldn't ever strategy plan. It, it, it just felt super awkward and awful. Knowing that and knowing that it would be a better time for me to use that time to recoup, regenerate, rebuild myself so that I could go into the fall just hitting it out of the park. I made the determination, right, a year ago that this August I was going to take off. And so every week I have an accountability call and it's like, what's your, you know, what's your catalyzing goal to have an amazing, adventurous August? Hmm. And I said that every single week from January all the way through until I could do the amazing, adventurous August. So with that focus and with that intention and the planning that I could put into it, I was able to make it happen. All right. So intention in advance, which took a lot of planning. What are some of the tactics that you had to utilize to be away for an entire month? So we talked about, I wanted to do the thing. How specifically did you do the thing in the month of August? What are some of the tactics that you used? Yeah. So I knew how much money I needed to have in the bank to be able or have in ongoing sales coming in to be able to keep the business running and pay the mortgage and do all the things right. While I was gone, I knew how much money I wanted to spend having the amazing adventures. My goal wasn't to sit home on the couch and like eat bonbons and watch Netflix. (laughs) Uh, We went and had fun. So with those two things in mind, um, I went about being able to build the lead stream and focus on that. 
And then in July, I was close in, I guess it was about the middle of June. It was like, okay, I am close to being able to have this amazing adventurous August. And if I'm going to do this, I got to book some of this stuff right now, but I need that little bit of money. And so I, I reached out, there were probably three or four people that I kept thinking, man, if I could just get my hands on their business and their branding, I know I could help them. And I reached out and I said that to them, you know what you, every time I see you, I think if I could get my hands on your business and right now I am in a big goal push. I am trying to close up some deals before August so that I can go take an amazing adventurous August. And I'd like to offer you, I'd like, I'd like to see if there's any interest on your part and then be able to do a presentation or a, a proposal for you that gets you a little extra and gets me the money I need to fulfill my goal. And how did and, they react? And I approached four. Uh, one of them was like, thanks, no thanks. Three of them said yes to the conversation. Wow. Two of them closed in. And they closed in for some of my longer term programs with the knowledge that we were going to be taking a break during Amazing Adventurous August. So I'm going to work with you all the way through July. We're going to take a break in August. And I'm going to get right back to it in September which, you know, just designed the work to be able to flow and just was intentional. I have more questions, but I want to stop because the reason why I love what you did is that when we run our own thing, it's easy for us to forget that we set the rules. Who told you you couldn't take August off? Nobody. You got to make that designation and you did the work to make it happen. So I just needed to get that in there. So the next natural question is, I can't do that. My customers would freak. My clients would leave me. There's no way I could do this. At any point during this journey, did you think that? And is that what happened? You know, I, it was a lot of like, am I going to be able to pull this off? Like for real, am I going to be able to really pull this off? So there was some of that thinking. Um, And is it going to be okay with these people that we take this break? However, I, by, by going up front with them and explaining to them, like the reason I'm taking August off is because I want to have some adventures with my kids, but also, you know what? My brain just doesn't function well in August. Mm-hmm. And when, what, so we're going to work through July and I promise you hundred percent in July and, I, and then September it kicks back on and I promise you hundred percent then, and you're not going to have to work with me when I'm a big hot mess express. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And you know what, (laughs) for whatever reason, they thought that was an okay deal. Um, You know, so I think, especially for myself, I'm working also with other small business owners. I think they totally got what I was doing and were okay with it. Mm -hmm. Now for somebody who maybe has a lot more ongoing deliverables, um, I did some pre-planning. So um, I had right? Set up my social media to be able to run without me through the month of August. I had set up some of the billing to be able to run without me through the month of August. And then, you know, I probably still spent about an hour or two a week just checking in, making sure everything's going okay, but not having any 
project focus. I got to do the sales, right? It was just kind of checking in, making sure everybody, you know, like yeah. everybody's still here. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Now I want someone that's listening to this to hear about the payoff. You did the work, you set the strategy, you did the tactics, you prepped the clients, you did everything you needed to do to set up August. What did you do and was it worth it? <laughs> yeah. So um, my sons and I took three awesome, fantastic trips that we planned together, right? I asked them, what do you want to do? Uh, and they were like, well, we've always wanted to do this, this and that. And I was like, great, let's do it. Uh, they were giddy. Um, and, and, you know, Pat, I know you have teenage kids too. I only have so many summers left with these boys. And so the payoff of being able to go do these fun things while I still got them is huge. The other lesson that I learned is that I don't have to feel like crap during August, right? It, because I only had to be focused on what was happening right now, very, very present, um, no future planning, trying to figure things out, stressing out. I felt like this was the first August I have felt fully human in as long as I can remember, um, which is great. And then because it was just be present and just keep showing up, as, as ideas would come up about some of these events that I have going on this fall, I'd grab my phone quick and either take an audio memo or type something out. Oh, I got to remember to include that in, in my marketing or whatever for this event. And I had great ideas mm -hmm. that popped up that I wasn't forcing. Cause a lot of the year I can sit down and like, let's generate ideas, not during August, mm -hmm. but they still showed up. They still came to the party. So I didn't miss out on anything. I only got huge benefits. And so we went fishing and camping and hiking and we went to Door County and we climbed cliffs and um, we did all the things. And, and so, yeah, it was the payoff worth it for sure. I'm already planning for next year. I love it. I love it. Inspirational. This is exactly why we do small business celebrations on the show. Laura Holloman, Endotype Formula. We will link to that inside the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. You're welcome. So that was an episode all about time. Isn't that interesting? Because if you think about it, we started the episode talking to Lynn, who needed to have more time by selling her products when she wasn't around. She needed to stop time so she could sell her products, do her one-to-many marketing, and continue to grow her business, even though she was capped out of available time. And then we did our small business celebration with Laura, who decided to take an entire month off because time with her boys and time away from the business was so important. I said it before, I'll say it again. Don't forget, as we run our small business, time is compensation. And we are in control of our own time. Use it wisely and cherish it. If you enjoyed today's show, we'd love to get you on it. Why don't you visit patmillershow.com and reserve your spot so we can talk about a challenge, an opportunity, or a celebration in your business. I'm your host, Pat Miller, the Idea Coach, here to help you build your small business dream. Remember, it's your dream. Don't grow it alone.
earlier in the show, we talked with Lynn Nichols. Uh, I, I don't want to say it wrong. Psychic median? What would you call yourself? So psychic medium is the standard label mm-hmm. that people give. So I, I just go with that. I am also an intuition expert. Mm. So I've, I've read it ad nauseum or read about it ad nauseum. I, I've dealt with so many people, taught so many people, so I can teach people how to do it themselves. So it's medium because you are medium in the middle between the other side and this side. It's fascinating to me. I just have a thousand questions. <laughs> start fir- with one. Yeah, I'll start with one. The first one is, when did you realize that you had this ability? Do you remember when you first thought, whoa, I can do things other people can't? Yeah, yeah. It was. It's, it's been kind of a blur through the childhood because, you know, I always was that kid that was being silly or that's just your imagination or we don't do that. That, that doesn't actually happen. So to narrow it down... In that way is tough, but I do remember, and I've told this story, it it started off spooky, but it's really not. And this is in the early 80s, and you've got to appreciate the exorcist had come out earlier, and one night my bed started shaking, and the closet doors started rattling. Yeah, I know, I, I would have thought I was crazy, but my sister, who I shared a room with, said, could you stop that? I, I, I can't. So went on for three nights, mm. and finally I said, stop it. And this little boy that I could see through came up to my bed and he said, my daddy killed us all and he killed himself. Can you help us get there? And I didn't know where there was. I couldn't see it. I'm assuming heaven, the other side, whatever you want to call it. So I didn't, I, I helped him. He showed me how, and then he came back after the bed shaking had calmed a few days later and said, thank you so much. And now I know you have this ability I have a gift for you. And being a teen in the 80s, I'm thinking it's an Atari, and it was not. <laughs> and it, it was just a more enhanced ability to do what I could do and what we all can do naturally, mm-hmm. that we've that it's been taught out of us and and you know poo-pooed out of us, but it's something we can all do. And since then I've I've been able to see and hear things very clearly. And I would have thought I was going crazy, but honestly, it's just like your own thoughts. If you say your name in your head, yeah, that's what it sounds like. As you teach this process, what is the first thing that your students notice when they start feeling and hearing the way that you do? What are some of the things they start thinking? Oh, I never noticed that before. Mm-hmm. It's, I start with using your own, the five senses and enhancing those first, like pay, tuning into your own five senses first, to enhance the proverbial sixth sense. And when it's more the look on their faces, when they get something that's quote unquote, right there, it's like a cartoon where their eyes kind of go <laughs> and their jaw drops. And that's the first thing is that they impress the heck out of themselves. And, and then they very quickly reel it back. I can't do that. That's, that's a gift that only certain people have. Nope. It's not. It's something we all have. And so it's a matter of trusting it. When you help someone communicate with someone they loved that's gone, or you teach them how to do it themselves, um, how do they react? How, do, how, how, do, how does it affect them when they reconnect with someone or something that they thought was gone forever? A, a lot of times it's just that, that calmness that comes over them, that their loved one is okay. Mm. 
they're not suffering, they're having the time of their life in the afterlife. And it's just a peace, it's a calm. And I do not mean that in a religious way. Mm -hmm. It's more, they're okay. I feel okay. So that means I can move on. So when my loved one is okay, and I've had trouble dealing with the grief, but I know they're okay. Now I can go on with my life because I know all they want is for me to be happy. So guess what? I can be happy. Yeah. What a gift. Uh, We'll put a link to the business inside the show notes, but a fascinating conversation. I wish you a lot of luck building your digital products. Lynn, thanks for calling in. Thank you very much. We talked earlier with Laura Hulliman that just decided to take the whole month of August off, and now I've got a to-do list for next year. Thanks for that, Laura. I appreciate it. So let's talk about Endotype Formula. How did you come up with it, and what is it? The Endotype Formula is a personality profiling system that is so much uh, different than the others out on the market that teach you what your strength is or how to sell somebody into something or how your brain works, right? It's really how you work as a whole person. Um, How did I come up with it? I've always been a personality profile geek. And um, in being a little nerdy about that whole thing and just super curious, I could see some of the flaws in the systems that already existed and went about trying to figure out those flaws, figure out why we didn't know certain things would just raise more questions. So I kept saying yes to the idea and eventually the idea completely developed and came through. Is this personal development, staff development, apply it to your clients, who uses it? Right now, uh, the biggest strategy, we're working on different strategies and different, you know, markets for the the profile. The big uh, market for the profile right now is in small businesses who are still doing the DIY marketing Mm -hmm. and being able to help them to create a cohesive across the board branding concept that's based on them. When I use the words personal brand, a lot of people, right, they're like, oh, I have to become an Instagram influencer and I'm a personal brand. But that's not it. If you are the person who's doing the sales and doing the customer service and is that point of contact, you are a personal brand. And your business needs to, to have that encompassing feeling mm-hmm. all the way across. They have to get you from every touch point that exists Because confused clients don't purchase. So if your branding or your marketing is not in alignment with who you personally are, it confuses clients and you're losing sales. What is more powerful when someone takes your assessment? Is it uncovering a blind spot or discovering a strength that you're not touting? I think for the, for the branding clients, I think those are one and the same. Okay. Um, I have a ton of branding clients that see, Pat, the thing about branding is it, it's not about how you see your, see yourself. It's not about how you perceive yourself. It's about how your clients perceive you. Mm -hmm. So from the inside, I feel a certain way about how I operate inside my business. From the outside, my clients per, my clients don't hear my doubt talk. They don't hear all, the, you know, like they, they're not privy to all the conversations happening in my head. <laughs> so when I'm working with a client and I'm like, oh, your brand is like super straightforward. You're authoritative. You're the expert in your market. You're, you're like, mm, I'm going to tell you the truth. They're like, mm, 
I don't really know because right because they have all the doubt voices. So the biggest thing I think for people that are taking it is when they can see their brand described in print and in the visuals, when they can see and they go, oh, that's exactly who I am. Yeah. Now let's build your business personality, your brand around exactly who you are so that all your clients get you. Um, that I think is, is both that like uncovering, stepping into the strength, but also a lot of times that strength is their blind spot. Sounds great. Endotype.com. We'll put a link inside the show notes. Fascinating stuff. And congrats on taking the entire month off. Laura Holloman, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Thanks, Pat. Guests on the Pat Miller Show have agreed prior to appearing that they are receiving consultation and advice that they may or may not use at their own risk. No part of this show should replace accounting, tax, or legal advice.